0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, Rylan Turner here, Kyle Joseph joined alongside me as always for Wednesday Night Wallop, episode 12 of season four, and it's been a while.
1: It has. I have been very, very busy these last little bit between work and um, my brother's getting married, uh, which has... Caused parties and various thing weekends to be taken away with preparation and things. So, uh, and I foresee some more weekends disappearing on me in the future. That's sort of why we're we're here doing this. That's right. Uh, we we
0: we are I think gonna go back to what we originally did when we launched this podcast. We are going to uh, we are gonna cover AEW Dynamite. Uh, and we're gonna record the night of uh hopefully release soon thereafter and uh we're gonna i guess drop rampage um no offense to rampage it's just uh for our schedules and just i think for for the viewer uh that's listening and, and watching us like they uh I think that's going to be a beneficial show. We're tightening it up, shorten it up a little bit, and uh, Kyle, you wanted to add a few new things to it.
1: Um, so we're, I think we're looking at looking at uh, at changing the format a little bit, just because I think the big thing is the we're talking about the points that are interesting. That's where we sort of like to focus in on the stuff that catches our attention good or bad. that's where we like to spend a lot of our time on. So I think what we're going to be doing going forward is I think probably five attention uh, biggest moments of the of the show for each of us and we're gonna do a little bit of uh, dives into each of them. We'll still give you the, we'll still tell you what happened on the rest of the show. With uh, quick highlights or a quick uh, overview of the other matches and things that took place that we decided not to cover, but I think the, the the big thing is I don't think we need to do the show chronologically necessarily. I think let's let's talk about the stuff that uh, that was the most interesting to us and and go from there.
0: Yeah, I uh, 100% agree, uh, and I, I think it's gonna give me uh, more motivation to really you know sit down and watch Dynamite on time. That's something that like I do very seldomly. So um, it, it'll be it's going to be an exciting new turn for Wednesday Night Wallop and uh, I, I'm excited to get it, get it going. Uh, but this this it's we're not starting this week. <laughs>
1: we did we did watch um, Dynamite, or at least I watched Dynamite this week. Yes, uh, and I, I caught clips of the end. We will talk about a little bit of it because there was a little bit of stuff that I think we'll get to when we get to that part of our news. But but I think we got to talk about some news for wrestling, uh, and you know what that means.
0: Yeah, I think that doesn't that mean it's it's time for the the Wednesday night roundup.
1: It's a Wednesday night roundup. Music is back. It's a good time. All right, uh, Rowan, what's going on with Vince? Well, you tell me, man. Like, all right, so. It has been revealed that Vince McMahon has now, the number, the amount of hush money we now know about has gone up to about $12 million. It includes members of talent. Some people have done some digging into finding out who those those talent, who those names are. And for those people, just stop. Yeah. Uh, delete these people alone. I assure you, these women have suffered enough. They don't need more. So, uh, and so for Vince, obviously this is, you know, terrible and disgusting and we can sit here and shame him as much as we want to, but he's still in charge of creative right now in WWE and, you know, the locker room still very, he's still very much, you know, in control of who succeeds and who doesn't in, in the world of his company so, I don't know that even though he's removed himself from the business side of things temporarily, I don't think he's really changed anything as far as the wrestling product goes. And, moreover, I would be very surprised if any consequences come with this.
0: Yeah, like, I was just about to ask, like, do you do you think that this might be anything that might lead to him being dismissed or uh, anything of so that nature? So, the
1: only way... The only way this comes out, where the board is going to have a hard time not dismissing him, is if we find out that that money was like WWE profit. Right. It wasn't Vince's own money. It was money taken from the company and given to <clears throat> to as payment for these acts and promotions and things like that. That is where it starts to get into a, well, you know, Vince has a financial responsibility to the shareholders to do the best that he can for the company. And that falls under the auspices of grossly inappropriate behavior with the money. But barring that, unless a board that is, you know, mostly close contacts with Vince McMahon is suddenly going to turn on him and believe that he is so um, morally depraved that he can't effectively run the company. And like, I don't know. I don't know. And I think the big the the kind of scary thing is with all this revealed, has anyone's feelings about Vince McMahon really changed?
0: It's a good question. Like,
1: because if the answer is no, isn't
0: that kind of gross? You don't hear a lot of that. It's not. It, it's it's just it's people commenting on oh typical Vince, typical Vince, typical Vince, and, and that's every the time thing. He, and and
1: when he's going out in front of these crowds, they're cheering for it. Yeah, and like I wonder for the WWE as much as I, I still do enjoy like not a lot. The TV shows are long and hard to get through a lot of the times, but like for the major pay-per-views that i watch i still do enjoy the wrestling you know for the most part there's definitely some matches i could do without or some booking decisions that are always going to make me roll my eyes but i wonder if as far as like wwe fandom if i'm just too far gone at this point yeah i i kind of feel what
0: you're you're getting at like definitely it's it's it feels m- more and more like the big events I'll tune into and the rest of it
1: I'm tuning out. It's like, looking at the people who are cheering at Vince, it's sort of like, who are these people? Ah, it's... You know? Like, I'll admit that if I were to go to a wrestling event, I'm not going to be singing around along to Real American. But... I don't know. I guess I get why some people would. is this the same thing? I really don't know.
0: Like. Uh... You know, I think we also have to, like, keep in mind, too, that, like, there is a segment of this audience that doesn't know what's going on.
1: Yeah, that's true. But, like. I I was talking about this with you know, my siblings and they were mostly caught up on it and they don't like, they're not social media people, they're not WWE people certainly they're not wrestling fans at all they're just, you know, this is catching into the pop culture ethos I think primarily in the sports sphere just because like places companies like ESPN are covering this because, you know, why wouldn't you? (laughs) It's 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 very salacious in a way that, but it's like the difference I think is that if this happened in the sports world, there would at very least be a large number of people within the world of or within the, the sports media landscape calling for uh, the whoever that person was to you know, remove themselves from the sport. Right, whereas. The wrestling media landscape is just not. It's not built that way, you know what I mean? Because there are people who are calling for Vince's resignation in. Who, you know, do the wrestling. Who do uh, wrestling media. Certainly. But they're not on SportsCenter, you know what I mean? Right. The platform just isn't as large. Which, yeah, I think one of the biggest things that. One of the biggest benefits to Vince McMahon, I think, right now, is that he controls the sport, but he also kind of controls the media surrounding the sport. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like... like the, go on. Go on. Just the, the biggest, like, things that WWE fans are going to get more, like, you know, the, the bigger, bigger details or other, you know, previews and the matches or stuff like that is through WWE, whether it's through the network or through, like, Bump or, you know, one of those things. And it's just like, that's, that's fine for a lot of the, the stories and a lot of the things you're going to get people who are going to give you, you know, every side of that story. For something like this, it's just not adequate. But, you know, what are you going to do? It's unfortunately the wrestling
0: business. And it's uh, this is a guy who has surrounded himself. I mean, we we look at like this call for uh, people calling for his resignation. Like the the board is his daughter, son-in-law, most trusted business confidant for the longest time. And uh, the guy from Barstool. Like, yeah, I don't think that I don't think that these people are going to.
1: I mean, there, there are other executives on the board, too, but, like, boards are always going to be reluctant to do things unless there's a real PR disaster, and Vince is kind of PR proof.
0: This is the Wall Street Journal, though. Like, this isn't, like, just some dirt cheap, you know, oh, I know thing.
1: Oh, I, I know that. I, like, like I, I completely understand that. But once the scandal dies down from it and we move on to the next, you know, news cycle thing, is the pressure still going to be there? It, like, I don't even know if there's real pressure from the public at large for Vince to leave. You know what I mean? Right. I I haven't really seen it, if there has been. And, I, like, I, I you don't really see it from ex-wrestlers either, which isn't that surprising considering how, you know big a hand Vince has with with them too. Right. Like, you know, at a certain point, if you go against him and you decide to say, you know, you speak out in the situation, that's a lot of potential earning power that you just, you know, disappeared. And that's kind of the hard thing about the nature of the business. Among other things. This
0: it's such a gross story. Yeah. it's such a you know you know for the last year all we've been hearing is all this stuff about documentaries and and films and stuff like that and um, like th- this this whole thing uh, number one <laughs> I saw the funniest <laughs> response on Twitter the other day about this whole thing and this isn't funny but or it's, this whole situation isn't funny but uh, somebody had commented that uh, Netflix gave up uh, a documentary on Vince as soon as documentary esque stuff started happening.
1: Yeah, like that's and that's the to me. That is sort of the biggest tell, like the biggest giveaway for the whole the whole game is that. Why would they do that if WWE wasn't in full control of everything that was coming out about WWE? Which, at a certain point. Especially for a person like Vince McMahon. How can you tell the story of Vince McMahon if Vince McMahon is giving the go-ahead? Right. That's you know that, what I mean? that's that's the hardest part, right? Like, I think the I think it with the Undertaker. You can tell the story of the Undertaker if the Undertaker's behind it, because the story of the Undertaker is very much between the ropes. And like, you know, backstage. It doesn't leave the auspice of the wrestling world too much because, like, frankly, there isn't that much to say about Mark Calloway. You know what I mean? Right. And, you know, that's not a criticism, obviously. It's just, <laughs> you know, there's it's far more interesting to talk about The Undertaker than it is to talk about Mark Calloway. Uh, or if you're talking about Mark Calloway, you're doing it about his approach to being The Undertaker. Whereas, a documentary about Vince McMahon, like, I know he'd never agree to it if he didn't have full control, but, like, how do you tell the story with, how do you really tell the story without him not having, like, final control? What kind of story are you even getting? Like, WWE's made more than enough documentaries... Uh, like, at a certain point, why doesn't Netflix just buy them? You know what I mean?
0: I mean, that's the... And that's the big thing about this whole situation. Is, while this is all coming out, this company is... No one's buying... I, I, or sorry, I think the, the value goes down of the company with this situation going on. Especially with this guy in in as much creative control as he has.
1: Maybe. But, like... Not to be whatever, and this is, and you know, I feel like this is where I, I don't think that it's going to have that big a long term effect. Is the stock is like he's the WWE stock is down, but not by that much. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's still higher. It's higher today than it was at the start of the year. Well, I mean. <laughs> and that's but that's ultimately it right is that is that depressing yeah is it surprising I don't think it is that's just the nature that's the nature of the business is that I don't we're in a situation where we have all the evidence that we could possibly need to get Vince if we wanted to get Vince and if you're you're telling me that with the stuff we're finding out right now that there isn't you know, if you poke into some of those documents and you get a hold of more stuff, and you did a real earnest review of this company, you're telling me it stops at that? Considering how long he's had control of, like, total unimpeded control of the company and the wrestling business at large for the last twenty years, thirty. Yeah, at this point, yeah. Yeah, like I don't know. It's it's. I feel bad for the people who, I feel bad for the people who want out right now. That's who I feel bad for, is the people who find out this stuff, and they're just kind of done with it, but what can you do? And that's, especially considering, like, what's what's really disheartening about this isn't just that, like, isn't that... Mm. Vince, Mc- th- like this is unsurprising Vince behavior. This is unsurprising wrestling promoter behavior. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 again, the business the, the, we, we we follow, you, you hear about this stuff far too often.
1: And that's the that's the really depressing thing about this is that if you're working in this business, this is just the cost of doing business, and it's disgusting. And I would and. The only way to get it to stop is to make it clear to the people who are doing it that their their jobs aren't safe if they continue this behavior, and that hasn't happened at all. It's happened in small cases where people could be pushed out in smaller promotions, but if it's not if it doesn't happen to Vince, then ultimately, like, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's about as. Do you have any more to, to sort of add to this? No, no. I,
0: I, I, mean, the gruesome details of this that were revealed were were bad enough to read. Like, um, but no, like this, this situation continues to plague him and uh, the company. So we we figured we should probably you know speak on that.
1: Yeah, and you know we can speak at length, but ultimately it's. Unless he unless he leaves, it's not going to change. Or if the behavior if the behavior doesn't change, then the 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 power dynamics and the problems related to that haven't changed. Right. Anyway, we'll move on to uh, the next piece of news, which is uh, there's a pay per view happening for Ric Flair's last match. Um. That's right, folks. Sean Shawn Michaels only thinks he retired Ric Flair. Little well, does he know that 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 can't happen, because Ric Flair Uh has to be Ric Flair. Um Hmm. So let's talk about this pay-per-view. First of all, it is part of a weekend in the wrestling calendar called uh, StarCast which is basically a big fan convention it's happening in Nashville and basically a huge amount of the wrestling industry is going to be there everybody who has a podcast recording a podcast and then there's going to be an actual show with Ric Flair's last match I think that's where most of our focus is going to be for this. But, so, I'll go over the card quickly, because the card's actually pretty good. Yeah, so, like, they
0: booked, like, a, you know, Ring of Honor best of, uh, slash, you know, a few other places in the industry best of. Uh, basically a super indie for Ric Flair's uh, last match.
1: Yeah, man, that's, a, that's a good way of saying it. So, our, our AAA contingent, Ray Phoenix, Tauros, versus uh, Lurito Kid and Bandito. We've got Josh Alexander defending his his championship against uh, Jacob Fatu. Triple threat between Rachel Ellering, Diana Purrazzo, and Jordan Grace. Killer Cross versus Harry Smith. Uh, Clark Connors, fresh off of his uh, four-way match, uh, versus Red Narita. And the, in the new, from the New Japan World, and the Von Ericks and the Briscoes, the, the Von Ericks of course being Marshall and Ross, the current Von Ericks and not the, the Texas Tornado Von Ericks, um, which I think I, I I don't necessarily have to specify, but Ric Flair is wrestling in this. So, Lord <laughs> knows, I think there have been more matches announced as well. Those are the big ones, and then obviously Ric Flair is wrestling. In a multi-man match, I'm not... I don't think the competitors have been confirmed yet, but... What are your thoughts on all of this?
0: I don't know. It's... I I find it strange they haven't announced his match yet.
1: So the show itself is going to be July 31st. It is available on pay-per-view. I... I'm interested to see who... Like, I'm I'm interested to hear about this show. I don't think I'm at the place where I'm tempted enough to go out and watch it. Not that it won't be good, but, like... I don't think I have that level of morbid curiosity with regards to watching Ric Flair wrestle. That's fair. But I also don't have the same connection to to him as some other people would. But, you know, it's it's definitely a... If this is a sending off for Ric Flair, uh, it is telling that, you know, there's a lot of people who are going to be going, a lot of, you know, big-time people in the wrestling business who are going to be out there in Nashville watching this send-off. I genuinely hope this is his send-off, but I think I do always, there's always that question whether, you know, Ric Flair can ever be Ric Flair or if he has to be the nature. But I don't know. I
0: hope this is. I hope this is. You know, just his his way of saying I, I get to go out my way.
1: Yeah, and if that and if that's it, I think that's cool. I think it's going to be an
0: entertaining show. I I am definitely going to find a way to tune into this.
1: If we're gonna do, if we're gonna do this, forget the multi man match. Have it be a one on one match where where Jay Lethal of, uh, I, I gets to take the Ric Flair gimmick for good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then when he shows up in Ring of Honor or or, uh, <laughs> or AEW, he's full on Ric Flair.
1: Yep. Um, Rick Lethal. Rick Lethal. Or Jay Flair. Um, a bit of positive news to sort of end up our news roundup on. It appears uh, that Big E's recovery is going well.
0: Yeah, doctors have said that his neck is going to make a full recovery, and that's fantastic.
1: Yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully that is the case. We're able to see him back. I, you know, I've really been missing Biggie. Uh, I hope he has that opportunity to get back into that title picture again once he gets back, because yeah, I, I, he's a guy who deserves it.
0: Yeah, and, and after a, this long road back, like, what a. What a story to tell. Like, they've done it before. Do it again. Like, this guy deserves that kind of a run.
1: Roman Reigns has held the Universal title. Universal title? WWE title? I can't remember which one he held first. The Universal. For more than two years now. I think we both have our assumption as to who's going to take that title and when. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm genuinely curious if I, I'm hoping that whenever Big E does make his return, to the, that he's given that opportunity to have that have that well, another title run because I think he absolutely deserves it.
0: Yeah, no no uh, argument here whatsoever.
1: So uh, the other thing we're gonna talk about very briefly, we watched Forbidden Door.
0: Yes, we did.
1: I think by the time I had finished watching it, it was a little late to do a review. But I uh, figured we should talk about it, because it was a show, and it did happen, and it was interesting.
0: Yeah. Uh, what we, What do you think uh, Like your match of the night for that show was?
1: Oh, um... I'm torn between two. The Fatal 4-Way um, for the... Atlantic Championship, all Atlantic was it the All Atlantic Championship, whatever it is, uh, the one Clark Carter Connor, Connor's Puck, uh, Malachi Black, and Nero, that was a great match, and the other one that I had would be Orange Cassidy and Will State or Will Osprey. That was fun.
0: I I actually agree with you on both. I, I have a hard time deciding though that Fatal Four Way was just amazing and it was the result that i was not expecting that we were going to get and i was very happy with it though yeah with with pak going over
1: yeah i agree with you i think i i to me honestly could have gone in any direction i think miro would have had a great run with the title i think malachi black would have had a great run the title but i think pak is is such an interesting one because i think his character could use the boost more than the other two I'm just excited to see Miro back, and Malachi Black's group is so interesting right now that I'm just happy to see them in matches. You know what I mean? Right. So, so Pac is, I think, is an interesting choice. Uh, it was a great, uh, it was a great match, and yeah, it's it's cool to see him. He's already defended the title. I'm looking forward to his first defense. Back in AEW because he defended on a Rev Pro show, which is kind of cool. And then for the the Orange Cassidy Will Ospreay match, that was just fun. It was everything it should have been and more. Yeah,
0: and including two, a, an awesome run in at the uh, at, at the conclusion of the match uh, with uh, Shibata. Like yeah, that was get, that was great.
1: We get Shibata coming out and he makes the save. It was, that was really fun. I think. The IWGP heavyweight match was building to something very good, but unfortunately just the nature of, you know, the way things ended and Adam Cole getting hurt it's just, you know, there's no... Very anticlimactic ending. Yeah, and there's just nothing you can do about that. No. When, When the guy gets hurt, like, good on them for ending the match and not like pushing, like, delaying it out more than they needed to but I thought um like Zack Sabre Jr. and Claudio was a great match it was, it was the most technically sound match in the show huge pop for
0: him too yeah, huge yeah. pop
1: which was cool to see I thought I thought the the Young Bucks match with Sting was really fun I thought have they, have they ever worked with Sting before? I have no idea he fit in that match surprisingly well oh yeah absolutely and, 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 and I mean Shingo Takagi and Darby Allen were fantastic and I've always been a big like El Fantasma is one of those guys I have seen very little of but whenever what I've seen I've really enjoyed also Shadow because he's Canadian but yeah that was a fun match uh, seeing FTR win the titles was cool yes that match that,
0: that I really really liked that match um I loved the spot with him getting or with Dax getting dragged out and uh I finding out after that it was a, a work I was just like oh wow I've never been happier to hear that it was a work
1: Yeah I mean I think the thing is just we've had so many injuries recently Right that we just we can't I, we don't we don't need more no. Um I thought the opener was fine for what it was the obviously Jericho continuing to pick up wins. I, we're building to a big match. I think we'll get to when we talk about AEW, we're building to a big match between Jericho and Kingston. I'm, I'm interested to hear your thoughts about that when we get to that, but I thought I thought the women's match took a while to get going, but I do think it was, it got, I think it got to a good place. I just wish it had uh, maybe gotten there a little quicker. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, I feel I feel you on that one. the 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 pacing of it was fine, but it just like it. It felt like it could have. I don't know if it could have used more time, or, or or what the case is. But it just, you know, it just kind of felt like it was there on a card of matches uh, that every match got a bigger and bigger pop. Yeah. Um, it, it, it felt definitely out of place, and I don't. I, I, that's that's not what I wanted from the uh, the women um, of AEW for that card. Yes. because unfortunately there wasn't enough women uh, represented.
1: I, that's the thing is that there, I did. I do think there needed to be another match, even if you're not getting Stardom involved. I do think that one women's match, even on a card that is a smaller card, uh, it's it's still not enough. Um, Moxley and. Tanahashi, I thought it was good. I thought, I don't know.
0: Moxley did not need to bleed in this match. Yeah, <laughs> That's there what was that. I, like,
1: I also think, like, I think maybe by that point I was burnt.
0: Yeah, it was a, it was a another long show, but uh, it was a, sh- it's different than a, just your regular AEW show where yes, every match is good, but you you still do have those kind of like come down moments because this was this like super show. Even even being an hour less than the last pay per view we watched, um, I just I felt this one heavy.
1: Yeah, I I, I definitely feel you. Um, t- like overall, I thought it was a very good show. I don't know, and that's the thing. I thought all these matches were good. I don't know that anyone. Maybe the I think the four way might break into like conversation for my favorite match of the year but i don't think i don't think anything climbed to that level but i do think the show was good
0: yeah definitely and i'm excited to see them work together in the future and then hopefully this becomes more of an annual event i think that would you know that's the goal right
1: i agree i think in the in the future just i think it should just be an indie super show you know what I
0: mean, I mean that would be great too. I'm sending, yeah. You know, what I mean a lot tonight.
1: Um, <laughs> I feel like I feel like AEW AEW New Japan. If they wanted to do that show, if they want to run that show and continue around that show, I think it would be great. But the big thing for me for New Japan without women's wrestling, it's gonna miss, it's always gonna be missing something. And I think AEW. If we're going to do a show with multiple where we're getting, even if I do think the other thing that I would say for, for the future, if we're doing this again, less title matches. Yeah. Just make them, sh- just make them ma- Like, I feel like the minute we found out that Will Ospreay and Orange Cassidy were fighting for the US, the IWGP U.S. title, we all knew who was going to win. Right. And I think the same thing for the, for the heavyweight four-way. I think it kind of gave away the winner to a degree. And even the Moxley-Tanahashi match, I think it kind of gave away... Even the, Even that one where it was a little harder to predict, I still think it was a very predictable result. So I think in the future for me, I would prefer it just be more about getting to see matches we wouldn't normally get to see. Kind of like a Survivor series.
0: I was just about to say, like, the champions against champions.
1: Yes. I'm very much looking forward to Roman Reigns versus Roman Reigns. It's going to be a great match. <laughs> no. I, but yeah, I think that, and and if you were to involve someone like Impact in it as well, or at very least, get, I know they, they had some issues with visas apparently, I'm not, but those are things that can be sorted out if you gave it more time. Get started. Heck, if we're gonna do a show like this, that's fine. But do an AEW Women's Pay Per View as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and they definitely, you know, at this point, I feel like they could, they're they're selling out enough big arenas that y- you can y- you can do this, and it doesn't have to just be a Dynamite special either.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could do a Dynamite special. That'd be cool, too. But, yeah, you could, you honestly have the talent. And especially if you're going to be involving... If you're going to involve other companies, I think that would be the way to do it. But just to get a little bit more star power on the match. I don't think that they necessarily need it. Just more to get matches that people haven't seen before. But, yeah, overall, I the show was good. I, yeah, I'm interested to see where this one's going to fall on, because I haven't gone back to, you know, see how I feel about every pay-per-view or anything like that for AEW this year. I I do wonder where this one's going to fall. If I were to do, because I'd have to go back and actually do some looking and, you know, contemplating on on AEW's pay-per-view list this year. And then we've got All Out coming up far too soon. That's the thing with this Forbidden Door show, we kind
0: of had a a hard run with since Double or Nothing.
1: Yeah. i think it's interesting. We're going to get four shows this year again, it looks like. Uh, we're going to we're going uh, so all out is in Chicago. Forbidden Door was in Chicago. Double or Nothing was in Las Vegas. Revolution was in Orlando. I'm curious where Full Gear is going to be this year. <laughs> it's probably Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> admittedly, like, I will say, I can, you know, sit here and, and you know, say, the, oh they don't, why don't they put shows near us? It wasn't last year's Full Gear. Admittedly, I wasn't going to travel to the U.S. last year. But it was in Minneapolis. So if there was a show I was going to go to, that's, you know, about as close as you can come to Winnipeg. But... Yeah, I'm interested to see what we're gonna get. So I think that we'll 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 get to that when we get there. I think the last thing we want to sort of talk about is just what's happened in AEW since we've been gone. Since we've been gone. <laughs> oh man! Since we have been gone, a few things we've got blood ju- and guts. Hmm. Blood. And we've guts. Had blood and guts. Blood and guts happened. There was... Did you did you did you take blood and guts and her? I watched the cage match. Okay. What were
0: your thoughts? It was good. I just... I don't know. I I feel like it belongs on on a pay-per-view. I think that's... You know what? I think that's fair. Because it just... It feels like a big deal. And don't get me wrong. I understand, you know, they... They like these high ratings. But to me, like, I, I... I just feel like it, it just feels like something that belongs on a show that you have to pay to watch.
1: That's fair. I'm seeing other AEW stuff that sort of happened in the interim. I'm trying to remember other stuff that we're sort of wanting to talk about. Any, oh, I guess. Uh, so the Christian Jungle Boy feud is building.
0: Oh, God, this is this is the best feud in wrestling right now. Christian is just a vile piece of shit. That's his character.
1: And Luchasaurus turned. Yes, yes. He's Lucha Cain now. (laughs) Um, We've got, it appears that we're building to House of Black versus, you know, probably Sting. They're going after Darby Allin right now. I think we're building to probably a multi-man match where where they end up facing Sting and Sting's friends. Which, yeah, I'm okay with that. I do wonder if that gets to be a, a passing of the creepy torch, though. Because <laughs> I was—I always thought that if they were going to do the, you know, the one more Undertaker match, that the guy that should like finally have him wrap it up would be uh, would have been Aleister Black. Boy, did that go sideways?
0: Yeah that that uh, not even not even even I probably even hinted at or thought about. Yeah. unfortunately because that's great like that makes total sense
1: but I do think him and sting would be interesting because I think they both of them put like I mean they both of them put so much thought into their their characters and their wrestling and I think it would be an interesting match and the promo stuff back and forth would be very monochromatic <laughs> not, not, a lot of, not a lot of color not a lot of bright colors no. <laughs> in that build, uh, very few orange. Not a lot of oranges in that build. Wardlow is now the TNT champion.
0: Yes, yes. Defeating Scorpio Sky. Uh, R.I.P. to Scorpio Sky for a while, I guess. Because uh, this is what happens to this poor guy. He he gets he gets big opportunities given to him, and then a few weeks later, they're like, nah. They're very I quick feel to
1: pull the rug out from Scorpio Sky yeah I'm
0: sorry like I just I feel don't don't get me wrong I understand Wardlow's the guy right now and this is the guy you've been kind of putting a lot of fire behind and it makes sense for him to have the title but like it just I feel for Scorpio Sky I I feel for his unfortunate uh, title runs like I think me and you've talked about off air before like they've just kind of felt underwhelming
1: yeah I he he always feels like the best or he always feels like either the best mid-carter or the least thought-of main eventer. Yeah. And that's a shame, because he's crazy talented. Also, there was a lot of missed opportunity for striking when the area is hot. Boy did Sammy Sammy Guevara mess up what could have been a great match between Scorpio Sky and Kaz.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that that I'm, I, this is what I'll say this, that whole terrible feud, everything like that. Like, I, I'm so happy that they just put Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti into the Jericho
1: Appreciation Society. Agreed. Because. But boy, is like, I am. Gl- I, I will say this. I usually find it hard to find a worst feud of the year when we do our, our best of and worst of shows at the end of the year right they made it real easy yeah yeah and, and you know what
0: also com- competing with that would be uh, uh, Cody was involved in that for a period of time
1: oh, was he not well he was he, but he was that was the time when he was feuding with everybody
0: okay alright fair enough cause he was feuding that, with, uh, although that that should definitely be a nominee yes
1: <laughs> he was feuding with Malachi Black and Puck and Scorpio Sky and Dan Lambert and Andrade and Andrade Speaking of guys that we've really dropped the ball with. Can nobody book Andrade?
0: I I don't know what the the situation is with him, man. They just they just gave him Roosh, and Rouche has had a couple of matches. So she
1: is he is incredibly talented, and athletically gifted, charming and gorgeous. Like I I don't know I don't know what it's going to take for for them to get him right.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I I feel like they've they haven't. I don't feel like they've
1: dropped the ball, but they're fumbling.
0: Yeah, they're definitely fumbling right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I and I don't. There's a lot of people who aren't getting as much you know time as I would like them to. But I don't know that the that, that AEW is really hurting a person's like or is like really burying a person more than than Andrade. Just unnecessarily. Especially like they brought him in and then they gave him the Hardy Society. Yeah, that was a strange t- a strange turn of events. Because I thought like I, I really thought when they did that that it was gonna be a good idea because it was only gonna last like a month. And then he's just like, these guys all suck. I'm like, hey, some of these people are good wrestlers. <laughs> oh man. Um Oh, we should also mention the tag titles. Uh, as of the episode we just watched, Swerve and Keith Lee are the tag champs.
0: Yeah, uh, a turn that I was not expecting, considering that it looks like they've been slowly hinting at a uh, a turn. I did again in this match. T- yes, definitely. Definitely. So that that's, I think, what put it over is um, it was strange, strange decision. But I wonder if it's a short title ring.
1: Probably, but I think it'll. I think it's good because it gives them something to do, right? And well, also, I agree. And also, it probably gets them away from Hobbs and Starks for a little bit. Yeah, and I think
0: that's necessary. I feel like you've kind of exhausted as much as you can do with these guys, and I've, I, I feel both teams have benefited from this feud, though. I feel like both teams come out stronger.
1: Yeah, but I do. I do wonder. So the question is: Do you go to? The pay per view with them as the champions, or do you take it off them before the pay?
0: I think you go to the pay per view. I, I feel like you, you got to give them a little bit of a run.
1: Uh, do you? Get, and so, and here's the other question. and the second question: Do you go FTR belt collectors, or do you find someone else to take the titles off of them? That's a good question.
0: I feel like at that point, FTR is probably it's going to be forced because the crowd is reacting to them like they're just like Jesus Christ so uh, is walking into the building. Like, like,
1: also, thank you, FTR, for making another award really, really easy for me this year. Tag team of the year? They're already the tag team of the year.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, and I don't, and they're not. No one's going to beat them. I agree with you hundred no. percent.
1: No, there's no chance. Which is crazy because there's so much good tag wrestling.
0: Yes, absolutely, but no, like, their hand, eh, eh, like, they are the best tag team in in pro wrestling currently. Yeah. And they're continuing to have great matches. Um, Yeah. One thing I wanted to note and talk about a little bit was uh, the amount of Ring of Honor promotion we're seeing on AEW television.
1: We really are. So, uh, I guess the next uh, pay-per-view is... Death Before Dishonor? Yeah, Death Before Dishonor we're seeing it, like, almost exclusively promoted on AEW property. And I do wonder... I know they're working towards a... some sort of a television solution for a Ring of Honor, and I don't think it's going to be through Turner or, like, the, the Associated Turner Media conglomerate. I don't think TNT or TBS is going to end up broadcasting Ring of Honor. I just don't... I don't think that they can sustain that much wrestling or that they necessarily want to. And I also think that uh, that would force Tony Khan's hand to expend more of his AEW talent in Ring of Honor than he necessarily wants to. I do think certain people have been signed to be Ring of Honor guys. And I certainly think, like, Samoa Joe, for example. I'm not necessarily... I, I always like seeing Samoa Joe wrestle because he's great. But he's a guy like... I don't necessarily need to see a ton of him on AEW because I know he's going to get his time in Reign of Honor.
0: Right. I, I mean, they, he's already been given the, the TV title.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh, and you know they've got some other stuff going on. Apparently, Wheeler Yuta is going to be fighting Daniel Garcia. I don't know if that's been confirmed, but that seems to be the yeah, direction they're that's, going.
0: Yeah, that's, that's for the pure title.
1: Yeah. So, like... They're doing a lot of promo for it. The some of the titles have been on the shows. Obviously, FTR are holding those titles or the tag titles, and there's been a fair amount of that on there. I think there's going to be. I mean, Jonathan Gresham's been on AEW a couple times. Yes,
0: he turned heel and joined up with Tully Blanchard last uh, last week on Rampage.
1: Yeah, and now he, he and his wife get to be heels. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kyle, that's a dark joke. <laughs> it's not. No, I'm, I'm talking wrestling-wise. I don't want to... We're not getting into that. I'm not doing that. Not today. My my feelings about that, I have discussed with you, and I don't need to get them. They don't need to be public. No. You can, you can tweet at me if you want me to tell you how I feel about certain things. We'll have a fun conversation about, you know, about the world and humanity. Um... But, yeah, I there's a lot of really good people who are involved in Ring of Honor to the point where I think, you know, some broadcast network would be happy to have that. Now, do I think, you know... I don't... Actually, what's interesting is that they've kind of exhausted the Canadian market for TV. Right. I don't think they can get a TV show in Canada, but... In, the, in America, I, th- I think there's there's enough networks that can see AEW's numbers. Presume you're going to get some portion of that, or at very least, like, Tony Khan's going to do what he can to make sure that they get you a certain rating. Do you think that there's a chance that he's trying to start
0: a streaming service and he would put it there? Yeah, it's possible. As opposed to trying to find a network to air this?
1: The problem becomes you have the tape library, which gives you the content you need for a streaming service. Because you do need a a pretty good backlog. I think Ring of Honor has enough of a backlog through their their tape library that that's enough to put on uh, a streaming service that you are charging like $5 a month for. And then, then, you know, getting the pay-per-views with that as well. Or... If not the pay-per-views, then at the very least a network, like a weekly show, that probably works out. Right, but I do wonder if he wants to try to do a combined one, and that I think would be tougher. Because what what of AEW are you offering to that tape library? I don't think there's a good answer to that. Like maybe TV shows six months after they air. But do you care at that point if you're an AEW fan? Yeah. Like maybe maybe in 10 years you might going back to just watching a random episode for fun? But yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see, but yeah, I do. It's it's tough because the WWE has set the bar at a place where you expect to get the the network events with it. Right. And I do wonder if you can, if you could, because I think Ring of Honor's business model would be to put the weekly show on that, and then do pay per view separate, just in terms of a revenue model. Right. And like I'm, I'm, I'm not a Ring of Honor fan, so I can't say whether or not that would be worth it. But it might be something I'd be interested in. But we'll have to see. It's. The only, like the, the only thing that's, like, surprising to me is, like, you look at a company like Impact, who has probably way more library.
0: Well, yeah, they have all, all going all the way back to 2002.
1: Yeah. And there's a, there's a lot of very talented wrestlers in that library. And the only thing that gives me pause is the fact that they don't have one.
0: Well, I mean, honestly, I feel like if Impact, if I was with impact joining up with that streaming service, no matter what it's called, AEW or, or AEW network or whatever to, to do like, you know, to at least um, license your library out, I think would be, would be be beneficial.
1: The one thing I will say about something like that is that would be a better place for dark. Yeah, absolutely. But that's sort of how that's, you know, anyway. uh, Yeah. I think that's all the AEW stuff we sort of had, was there anything else? no I don't think so okay cool uh, then Rylan, why don't you tell the people about the social
0: medias well if you want to find us on Facebook we are just Wednesday night wallop if you want to find the find us on Instagram it's WN wallop on Twitter it's at WN wallop if you want to find me on Twitter it's at RYAM sport report I did it backwards this time uh, not not easy not easy at all that was harder than it needed to be Kyle. Why don't you tell them where they can find you on social media?
1: I'm on Twitter at Legendary KJ. That is L E R E G E N D A R Y K J. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we are going to be back at you next week with a regularly scheduled show. So until then, uh, are you okay if I take it out? Yeah, let's let's uh, let's get out of here, man. All right. Until then, you've been walloped. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to a Wallop Media podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Wallop Media. The hosts of our shows are Rylan, Kyle, and DK. You can find Rylan on Twitter at Rylan Wallop and Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Wallop. Production is by RJ Spearin. you can find his work at facebook.com slash spear Logo designs are by Maisie Mulder. You can find her work on her website, MaisieMulderDesigns.com. Our podcasts are hosted by ACAST. You can listen to them on the podcast catcher of your choice or on our website, shows.acast.com wallopmedia.